Let's open up your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. All right, now we're ready. Now we're ready. Amen. <clears throat> Luke chapter 2, verse 41, we will begin. This is a little bit of a lengthy uh, reading, but bear with me. I think we're going to get something this morning. <clears throat> verse 41. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, someone say 12 years old. 12. They went up to the festival according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled for a whole entire day. They then began looking around for him, along with the relatives and, and their friends. And verse 45, when they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three whole days, they finally found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them, and asking them all sorts of questions. Everyone who heard was amazed at his understanding and at his answers. Verse 48, when his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me, Jesus asked. Didn't you know I had to be about my father's house? Some translation says I got to be about my father's business. But they didn't understand what he was saying. <laughs> then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all those things that he said in her heart. Verse 52, this is what I want us to zero in on and jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with god and with man to set the story straight it says he grew he didn't say he got favor he grew i believe jesus was already favored by god because he was put on assignment by god but how many know if you read this scripture you can actually grow in favor not only with god but with man we're always supposed to be increasing. We're not supposed to be stagnant. We're not supposed to be stuck. We're not supposed to be putting in neutral and wonder why we're not moving. We're supposed to be going from increase to increase. And Jesus is a prime example of increase and God's favor. Many passages of scripture talks about, I don't have time to talk about Mary, was favored by God, birthed the son of God. Daniel, favored by God. Simeon, favored by God. There was going to be a flood, wipe out the whole entire earth. But Noah was favored by God. At a very young age, Jesus understood his assignment. I love this, uh, Tracy, 12 years old. And I love how just through time, Nate's sharing about the shout. Come on. I don't believe 12 is too young. Josiah, eight years old when he was king. So we look at this passage of scripture and like, was Jesus, Jesus being disobedient, and you start looking at Jesus being the fault, but could it be the Lord revealed to me that, look at the parents, they didn't want to release Jesus into his calling. Mm -hmm. We don't have a daycare back there, by the way, if you have kids. It's not just to give them some crappier juice, some apple, maybe memorize a verse, and then send them on the way. Right. We're raising up some giant slayers, some Jesus freaks. Some radicals that will lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Yes. I mean, some radical faith kids that are going to come out this room prophesying, have words of knowledge, casting out demons. Oh, yep, I said demons in church because they're alive, they're a well, and they're moving on the earth. 
<laughs> demons, 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 hell, hell, hell. There. there Turn yourself in your seats a little bit. <laughs> Last night, my little four-year-old, come on. <laughs> I was about, well, you know what a proud daddy, you ever been a proud parent and your kids say something that you're just like, Whew. four years old, we, we were at Target and I got a new shirt from a preacher today. Do you like it? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he picked it up. He liked it. and said, Daddy, get that one. But anyway, we were out in the parking lot, and we were putting in the car, and um, we were getting the car seat ready, and we slammed the car door on his finger. Oh. You know, after a, a scream like, like no one's business scream, he got, got his composure. He said, Mom and Dad, come. We got to pray. And we held his hands in a, tar- in a Target parking lot, and we prophesied and prayed over his finger. He's doing all right. He's moving around. He's in nursery, and he's healed. Come on, but come on, somebody. Come on, so four years old. I don't know. Sometimes maybe too often some teachers and preachers are disqualifying kids for their age. David, 12 years old. Mary, a teenager. Come on, somebody. So I encourage you. Send your kids to the shout if you have children, or sponsor someone to go. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I think it's kind of funny. You know, we, I'll get you out before the Super Bowl. Don't worry. It's not till 6. It's not till 6.30. But it amazes me how we can spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars on our sporting equipment and sending kids to camps. And and I'm not against competition. I'm not against going to sporting events. But I talk to people and sometimes, you know, they have all these tournaments and games and just, just all kinds of different sporting events. And, they'll, and, and I think it was, I think Joe, I was talking to your son, you know, he just has to leave Saturday morning and go to Hanover and then at afternoon goes to Spring Grove and then comes back to Harrisburg and they're out 6 a.m. don't get home to 9 o'clock at night. And I'm all for sports, but we have to understand our assignment. See, Jesus understood his assignment. Let me throw a statistic out. <coughs> To make it a play for the Kansas City Chiefs or the 49ers or NFL professional athlete, if you are a sports athlete, it is 0.0032% of a probability for you to make it into the NFL. <clears throat> Sorry to say to some of you parents, <laughs> there's a high, high possibility that your kids are not going to be professional athletes. So as pastors, we need to guide some parents and <laughs> believers that we need to have kids on their assignments. Some of them are supposed to be ministers. Some of them are supposed to walk into five-fold ministry. Some of them are just supposed to be musicians. But if we hear at a young age, kids to know their assignment, my goodness, we'll have some powerhouses for Jesus. My goodness. I love competition. I love athletics. I love sports. I love playing, playing instruments. and all. I am 100% for that. But let me tell you, sometimes our kids can be more anointed than our parents. Bible says, out of the mouths of babes, infants, and children, I will show strength to. Yes. Come on, I don't care if a, we'll guide and lead. If a 10-year-old wants to come up and say a few things, we'll, we'll guide them in the direction. But sometimes it might just, they, they might just say, Jesus loves you. Over and over, Jesus. But that could be more powerful than maybe my message for 35 minutes if it's not anointed. See, when the hand of God is upon you, when God, talking about God's favor, when God's favor is upon you, the Bible says in Daniel chapter 11, the favor was upon Daniel to do mighty exploits. Do you guys know the definition of exploits? That's like jaw-dropping stuff. That's not just playing for a headache and, you know, you know, that headache's going to go away, so I just healed a headache. No, that's like, that's like shutting the mouths of lions. That's like Elijah did when, you know, he laid himself on dry bones and they came to life. That's some jaw-dropping stuff, man. 
That's what Jesus wants to do. But it comes with having favor with God and man to do mighty exploits. Does anybody in this place want to do some exploits for Jesus? Mm-hmm. Come on, somebody. Yes. You with me so far? <clears throat> First thing I want you to write down if you do take notes, how to increase in favor with God and man. There's this word called humility. Humility is such a powerful word, and Jesus knew humility. Matter of fact, here's what, here's what the Bible says in John chapter 850, if we have that. This is Jesus talking. I am not seeking glory for myself. But there is one that seeks it, his Father in heaven, who's the judge. Did Jesus have any right to brag about himself? I mean, he created everything. Everything you look at, every chair, every block, every city, every wall, every human being. He could have put put glory to himself, but... His assignment, he knew it. His assignment was not to bring glory to himself. His assignment was to bring glory to God. Why? Because everybody had a misconception of God's love and his character. Everybody thought God was meat. He just wants to go around destroying lands, wiping out people, having floods. And people didn't understand God's character. So Jesus came onto this place to be, take a low place, take humility, to point people to the true character of God. He wasn't there to be glorified. You know, when he resurrected and ascended to heaven, the Bible says then he was glorified, but he understood his assignment was to be a sacrifice for our sins. I spent um, several months overseas in the country of Lebanon working with Arab people. Kind of learned a little bit of their language, but my goodness, that's a hard language. It's like the hardest language in the world to speak. But if you ever talk to them, their biggest thing about the Bible is they believe in the Bible, but they say, Jesus never went around claiming to be God. That'll be their biggest argument, just so you know. You'll never find in scriptures it says, I am Jesus, I'm God, worship me. Now that's been debunked. We know Thomas put his fingers in Jesus and said, this is my Lord, now my God. Or we remember the woman at the well. She asked, are you the Christ, the son of the living God? He goes, I am. Many other scriptures. But it was interesting. I said, well, 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 you're sort of right because he was not about to give himself glory. That wasn't his assignment. His assignment was to take a low place. Could it be we can grow in favor of God if we take a low place? <clears throat> Matthew chapter 6, verse 3 says this. Very familiar scripture. But when you give, do not know, let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. When you give, give in secret, and your heavenly Father will reward you openly. Whose approval are we looking for? The approval of man or the approval of God? What God is saying in the scripture is we, don't, we can't be going around. It's not humility when we're virtue signaling. Now, I'm not, a, I'm not against sharing our testimonies, but, but men look at the outward appearance, but God looks at our heart. Why are you sharing that testimony? Why are you posting that on Facebook? That's your own heart. I can't judge your heart. You guys got to know, is it humility or is it pride? So what do you do, Pastor? Do I share my testimonies because I don't want to be prideful? Or do I just keep quiet? Well, here's here's what the Lord's been sharing with me. Share some and keep some between you and God. Me and my wife took a week and... um, I'll share one in Jamaica. 
Um, one week off, uh, we never really had an anniversary, but we were, did something for our five years. We did like this all-inclusive um, trip to Jamaica. I do recommend it. And this is a resort, hence why I gained about five to seven pounds, if you haven't noticed. But it will work at all. That's why I'm keeping moving back and forth on the stage. <laughs> but there was like in this resort, there was like nine restaurants, and you could we hit up all nine like all week long. But um, we were still like wanting to share the gospel with people and. And, you know, if you're in our airplane, that's one of the best places to do it because they can't go nowhere. <laughs> you, know, you know, you got them, like, right next to you. Sorry, bud. You're just going to have to hear it for three hours. No, but we um, had a driver, and the driver was inclusive. It was about 45 minutes from the um, resort to take us to the airport before we got back home. And, um, you know, I was like, this is, this is it. This is a young man. We said, um, do you believe in an afterlife? Do you believe in a heaven and hell? He said, yeah, I think there's, I believe there's some type of God or something like that. And he said, but I don't understand, like, all the tragedy in the world, which is a valid question, all the things, you know, pain, sickness, suffering. And it was a valid question. So we got to explain, like, the gospel, and that's, that's not God, and there's a devil that hates us. And he started to, to understand. But, but to make this testimony short, we went from the beginning where he said, I believe there is a God, to the end of that trip, he said, yeah, I believe this Jesus died for my sins. And it was just, it just a reminder that the harvest is ripe guys do you realize we're just the seed spreaders we cannot ourselves get anybody saved Hmm, that's interesting we can't get nope we spread the seed there's people that come along us and water right but the bible says god is the one that brings the increase we don't got to do that much we just got to introduce the gospel and let god work on the inside that's not a bad deal I mean, he did die for our sins. We can do something for Jesus, right? Come on. Some, do you guys remember the, the road to Emmaus? This is an awesome Bible story because it was after Jesus resurrected from the dead. He's alive. He, he showed himself to about 500 people. And he said these two people were kind of downtrodden, Tracy. They were depressed. They were walking along this road because they didn't see Jesus. They didn't think he resurrected. They thought, oh, maybe we're wrong. This isn't the Messiah. This isn't the Savior. And maybe someone else is going to come later. And Jesus starts to walk alongside them. (laughs) And he didn't reveal himself to them. So they still didn't know who this guy was. So they start sharing their heart to Jesus. And Jesus is just listening. I wonder what he was thinking. Like, I'm right here, but you don't know it. So I am resurrected. (laughs) But at the end of this trip, Jesus reveals himself to them. And he, got, you know, he said, don't you understand the scriptures that this stuff had to be, I had to die, be in the grave for three days and then resurrect? And they said, here's what I want us to get. Watch this one scripture. Luke chapter 24, 32. Can we put that up? Watch this now. They asked each other, these are the two guys, were not our hearts burning within us while he walked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us. When people hear the good news of Jesus, something happens on the inside of us, superna- on the inside of them supernaturally that we can't even comprehend or understand. When we share this powerful two-edged sword word, something starts to burn on the inside of people. And it could maybe be weeks later or a dream at night when this stuff on the inside then becomes a reality, and they, and they might say to themselves, wow, what he was saying, that, that one guy in the back seat when I was taking him to the airport, there was some type of, something on the inside that changed and shifted, that that has to be truth. Come on, somebody, seed spreaders. Who's going to be a seed spreader this morning? Amen. 
Uh, the next one I want to I kind of touch is uh, number two, if you want to write this one down, is consecration. <clears throat> consecration. We know, we all know we got we to gotta spend time with Jesus. I mean, that's, I mean, that's a base, but there's this, there's this Bible character. Everybody know Samson? Samson's a very popular story. <clears throat> and he took this, which is called a Nazarite vow. I think um, Daniel took it, Elijah took it. And it was their consecration to go before God. And what this Nazarite vow was, this vow was you could not cut your hair. You know, it had to, you had to keep it long and growing. And Mike's waving to me and said, you can't cut your hair anyway. I said, yeah, I know I can't, but it's okay. <laughs> so I couldn't take a Nazarite vow, but you couldn't drink wine. You couldn't have sexual immorality. I mean, you were just straight up consecrated to God. And you took this vow before the throne room of heaven and you did this. And Samson did this. And because God, Samson had favor in the eyes of God because of his consecration, God blessed him with his supernatural strength. Now, I see a lot of coloring books about Samson, and I always see him looking like Hulk, like, like beast mode, like muscles bulging out. I mean, he did take out a thousand uh, men with a jawbone of donkey, right? But I don't think that's correct. Because why would they ask, why would his Delilah ask, what is the source of your strength? I mean, wouldn't you just look at him if he was muscular? Obviously, his muscles are the... But I think he was just a regular man like, man like us. Nothing's back 5'9", 180 pounds, you know. Um, but the strength was supernatural because of his consecration to God. He did some amazing feats. I mean, I love the story where he had gathered up 300 foxes. <laughs> it says he grabbed them by pairs, wrapped their tails together, set them on fire, sent them out in the village, sat back and watched the foxes burn down a village. Because if I tell is your Bible boring? No. But at times, Samson would have to go and kill Philistines, and he would have to just work and sweat for hours taking these men out. And I was thinking, you know, why sometimes does God cause us or want us to go into the battle, and sometimes we can sit back and watch God move? Isn't that interesting? Maybe he wants us to fight our own battles because we have to recognize the authority on the inside of us. When Christ died, the same power that raised him from the dead lives on the inside of us. You know, Pastor Sam said last week, there's power in your words. But at the same time, we can sometimes sit back and watch God move. Why? Just simply because we're sons and daughters of the living God. We're just children. Sometimes our daddy just wants to take care of us <laughs> and show up. So there's sometimes, you know... We can sit back, and sometimes we got to go to war. I don't know why all the circumstances. I don't know why this one and that one. But I know my God will never leave us. He will never forsake us. But if we know the story of Samson, he eventually gave in, and he gave the secret to his strength, to Delilah. We know the, and it says, um, it says this. It says, favor left him, but here's what also happened. It said, the first thing they did to him when he lost his strength is they gouged out his eyes. If we step back and shrink back of our consecration with God, we'll lose vision. Even as a church, if we shrink back, if we don't keep praying, if we don't keep interceding, if we don't keep worshiping, if we don't keep doing the word, we'll lose vision. We don't know what the next thing we're doing, supposed to do in 2024. I don't know. See, the word that I got for 2024 for myself, it was simply this. What has your heart? Because if something other than God, God has your heart, You'll lose vision. You'll lose purpose. They gouged out his eyes the first thing. He lost vision. 
But it's interesting, we know the end of that, that story with Samson, you know, he repented. He came back to consecration. The Bible says he took out more Philistines than he ever did in his past. See, sometimes our setback is just setups for comebacks. As long as we turn back, we can slip and fall. The Bible says we can fall, but the righteous get back up again and keep moving and keep moving and keep moving. I'm talking about growing in favor with God and with men. <laughs> Luke, chapter, Luke chapter 6. You guys okay so far? Still with me? <clears throat> I love that scripture, given it shall be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Everybody know that one? Yes. Most of us? Yes. But we fail to get that next verse. It says, will men give into your hand? See, we can have favor with God, but we also can have favor with men. See, the Bible says the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. Not only men can give into our hand, animals can give into our hand. God can change the very nature of an animal. What am I talking about? That's kind of weird. See, Elijah was in the midst of the famine, and he said he was out by the brook praying to God. This famine was three years, and God supernaturally sent a raven to feed him with meat and bread for three years. <laughs> he used a jawbone of a donkey. He used foxes. He uses a raven. He uses doves. He uses men to give into your bosom. Oral Roberts. Anybody heard of Oral Roberts, one of the generals of the faith? He was starting Oral Roberts University, and he was a million dollars short. And he didn't know where the money was going to come from. He's praying to God, hoping God would do something supernaturally, hoping manna would just fall from heaven. But it came out of the ordinary. An atheist professional gambler caught wind at Oral Roberts, and he said, I don't know what I do. I never give my money away, but I just feel like I'm supposed to give you that last million dollars. <laughs> you know, some of Oral Roberts' leaders and board members didn't want to take it. They wanted to rip up the check because it didn't come how they thought it was supposed to come. God had this set up <laughs> for the wealth of the wicked to be laid up to the just, and people didn't even want to take it. Pastor James wants to come up and look in the cameras and say, if you want to give, if you're not a believer watching the video, uh, Hope City Church will we'll cash your check. I mean, we will. I'm just saying, just take it. I'm not going to deny God's blessing. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Can I tell, can I tell, I had joke question mark on here because I wanted to tell a cheesy joke, but I'm going to do it anyway. You guys ready for a cheesy joke? All right, there was a, <clears throat> there was a woman who was witnessing to her neighbor and, and she kept trying this neighbor, didn't want anything to do with it. He was an atheist. You know, he laughed and mocked every time she would share the gospel. And so he, he was like, I'm going to set up, I'm going to get her. I'm going to buy her groceries. I'm going to spend $100 and I'm going to put it on her doorstep. And I'm just going to videotape this, he said, because when she comes out, she's going to lift up her hands. She's going to praise God and thank God for these groceries. And all of a sudden, he's going to, he said, I'm just going to jump out and say, ha, ha, God didn't give you those groceries. So he did it one day, spent $100 of his own money, got the groceries, put it on our doorstep, ran behind the bushes. She comes out. She gives glory to God. She goes, thank you for these free groceries. I was in need. He jumps out behind the bushes and says, ha, God didn't give you nothing. He don't care about you. I'm the one that paid for it. She thanked God again and said, thank you, Jesus, for giving me these free groceries, and I thank you that the devil paid for it. Oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Told you it was a cheesy joke. But, it, but, it, but there's some truth in it, right? Absolutely. <clears throat> Don't despise your sources that God gives you. That's right. 
<clears throat> my wife is, has been killing it with like supernatural gifts. Like she gives a lot of her time and effort to she's, she does hospice, which is can be heavy at times for her. Yeah. Um, she does a lot of traveling, a lot of driving. Um, she hears a lot of things um, that she shouldn't hear, you know, because some kind older men can be goofy. I'll just leave it at that, you know. <laughs> you know there's no filter, let's just say that. <laughs> but she's been so blessed supernaturally that, like, weeks and weeks, she just gets random gift cards. It's so cool. Like, she'll get gift cards to Starbucks. Some of her patients will just, um, you know, give a gift card to, to dinner, and, and then they hand her cash, and she's allowed to, like, not allowed to take that. And she, she probably has about $100 on Starbucks right now. But the cool thing is I get to benefit it. <laughs> Don't you remember Zacchaeus? He went in with Jesus, and it said me and my household were saved. See, there's something about being around these peop some people, some Jesus freaks. You just kind of gravitate to them, and you can actually get some of their blessing just by being in their presence. Because if the favor of God's on them, you just rub up against them. She knows. She's, I'm at Starbucks. I said, yep, I want my cheese Danish. I want to heat it up for 15 minutes. And you can give me a caramel macchiato at the time. <laughs> 15 seconds. Yeah, that will burn. <laughs> Good catch, though. Come on, somebody. You remember Joseph? His brother sent him into slavery, sold him. He had every right to be depressed, mad, and angry at his brothers. But God was just setting up. He was using man to catapult him to be second in command with Pharaoh. He was leading nations. He was leading cities. He was, a part, he was leading the finances. Yeah, it took some time. But if he despised what God was doing through his brothers and through man, he might not have ever got that promotion. Talking about growing in favor with God and with man. <clears throat> we don't have to turn here, but it says, Joseph found favor in the eyes of God and became Pharaoh's attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of all his household, and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household and all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of, because, because, blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had touched, both in his house and in the field. Verse 6, so Potiphar left everything he had to Joseph. Joseph was in charge. He did not consider himself anything except the food that he ate. How many of you want favor to be resting upon us to do mighty exploits? Isaiah 66 says this. This is what the Lord says. Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house you will build for me? This is God talking like, there is, there's not much you can, you can do for me. I, I build everything. I own everything. I made you. He says, where, where will my resting place be? Has not my hands made all these things? And so they came then into being, declares the Lord. These are the ones I look on with favor. Watch this now. Those who are humble, contrite in spirit, and have a fear of God. Contrite in spirit, what does that mean? Holy lifestyle with repentance. When I have the favor of God, you've got to live a holy lifestyle. I already talked about humility. 
Bible says we got to get low so he can exalt us. And the last one is, says tremble at his word. In other words, have a fear of God, a holy radical respect of a God that could send in one, one angel and take out 185,000. That's a big God. That's a powerful God. So let's honor God and respect God. Worship team, you can come. I want us just to kind of make it very, very clear that we're not earning God's favor. It's not by works. We're all favored just simply because we're children of God. Just because we were adopted as sons and daughters, that's favor in and of itself. But there is a possibility, and we need to grow and increase in favor with God and man. And it's him that does the work on the inside of us. We simply just have to say, God, would you help me? Would you help me to share the gospel? Would you, would, Holy Spirit, would you check my heart? If there's any pride on the inside of it, would you dig it out? I want to lay humble before you. Lord, teach me what the fear of the Lord looks like. I don't want to be scared of you, God, but I want to honor you and respect you and come to your house, glorify your name. So help me. And Philippians says this, it is God who works in you. You're not going to work it in and of yourself. As a matter of fact, some people won't, 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 take, won't receive this, but you can't be, live a sinless, holy lifestyle by yourself without God intervening, without God working in the inside of it. We can gear it up. We can try to grind, but sin will be knocking at the door. So we can simply say, God, help us in our weaknesses and our sins. And, and the Bible says, it is God who works in us both to will and to work. For whose pleasure? His good pleasure. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand was doing. Take this very low place because the Bible says we're to lay up our treasures in heaven where moth and rust don't destroy. Can we stand? So if that's you this morning, you want to... We'll have uh, some people that can pray for you this morning. That's or something tugged on your heart this morning about the favor of God, what it is, what is it, what's humility, what's, you want to be humble before God. Or we just need prayer for anything. The prayer leaders will be up here to pray with you. And I want you to leave without making the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, a part of your life. See, we don't have a problem. We don't really question if Jesus is going to come back. Not too many people. Everybody, most people won't question that. Um, is the rapture going to happen? <clears throat> but a lot of this question is, can God do it now? Jesus said this after this question to Peter, who do you say I am? And he says, you're Christ, the son of the living God. So whatever you're going through, the circumstances, the trials, the tribulations, they're promised. God says you're going to go through some stuff in this world. But who do you say Jesus is considering that circumstance? Prophetically, we walked around, we, we took steps. The Bible says, afflictions will not come back a second time. So if God healed you in one area, you got revelation with your finances, he healed you in this area, he used you over here, your foot tread there already. You have authority in that position. So therefore, you can go into the world and set other people very interesting a lot of times if you struggle with drug addictions that could be your very call to set other people 
Father, we come before you this morning. Our heart is to grow in faith. Man, we want to do mighty exploits, not for to pat ourselves in the box, not for man's promotion. But Lord, you look at our hearts. You judge the character. So Father, we come before your throne room and say, here we are, Lord God. Humble me where humble. I want to live in a holy lifestyle. I want to be set apart for the works and assignment that you have for me. We love you. We need you. Come, Holy Spirit, be with us this week. Thank you for your favor. But we're choosing increase. In Jesus' name.